thank you that even when maybe we feel that things are maybe not been how we thought they were going to be, thinking about Michelle's psalm and things, Lord, you bring everything together um, to speak to our hearts, Lord. And we just thank you for that. And I pray that as I speak now, Lord, that it's your words. They're not my words, but your words, Lord. And that there's something that each of us can take away, something that's meaningful um, to us. Yeah, I just pray, Lord, that you just fill me with your spirit, Lord, as I just share your word with your people, Lord. Amen. So last week we looked, well, we started looking about food offered to idols and how actually that passage was not about food offered to idols. It was actually about our conscience and how we should behave and that as liberated believers and free in Christ, um, our own individual freedom shouldn't be limiting or impacting negatively on those around us. Um, and that our actions, whatever we're doing, should be motivated by love and not by knowledge. And that it's our relationship with God that's the most important thing. And, and if that's right, then our actions will be right, really, I suppose. <coughs> so this week, I wanted to go back to the question of idols. That's all right. Um, and look at idolatry and how can that impact on our lives. Um, Although we looked at 1 Corinthians 8 last week, he actually answers the question in 1 Corinthians 10. Um, So you might think, what has idolatry got to do with us? Like we started last week, what has it got to do with us? Um, And if we lived in another country, if we lived in, say, Africa or Asia, then it might be more easy for us to think, what has idolatry got to do with us? I remember when I went to India for the first time, going around in the car, I was like, why have they got like little ovens at the side of the road? Like just these tiny little, like muddy looking ovens. I couldn't understand what they were doing there. And I said to um, Roger, um, who's the guy who leads the mission where I'd gone, um, what? what are all these little ovens at the side of the road? He was like, they're not ovens. He said, they're actually um, places like little temples to idols so that people can burn their incense or whatever along the road as they go. And if we lived in a culture where you saw that sort of thing every day, then it might be more easy for us to think, hmm, idolatry, that's relevant to us. Thank you, Joshua. (laughs) we don't see that, do we? We just don't see that sort of thing. Um, if you went into um, a temple in this country, then you would see what we would call an idol, maybe there. But most of us are probably not going into temples. We might go into places like that when we're on holiday, looking round. I don't know. Um, but day to day, we're perhaps not doing that. But what is an idol? An idol is anything that we put before God. As many people are telling me from that side, that's great. I could sit down now. Um, So yeah, anything that we put before God, anything that takes us away from spending time that we should spend with God, it takes it away from that and we do that other thing instead. Um, When people talk about this sort of thing, they often talk about things like TV, sport, work, you know, 
is it seven o'clock and you must see whatever's on the TV? I don't know. Uh, you know, you start saying to your children, you're not making a very good window in front of that telly. Get out of the way. Okay, I'm not saying that telly is bad. Um, is it that kickoff is at 3.15 and that random person who's likely to be me rings you up at 3.10 because they've no idea the football's on uh, and they're just ringing you up to talk about, I don't know, the weather. So, and I'm not saying that the TV or the sport is wrong or work is wrong, but if they're things that take us away from spending time with God, then then that is an idol, okay? But what about the more subtle things that we perhaps don't instantly think? I bet if I'd have said to you, what could be an idol? You probably would have given me those three things. You probably would have told me about TV, sport and work. Money might be another one. No? Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm going to come on to. The more subtle things that can actually be idols, it could be people. It could be relationships. It could be our own personality or character traits. Things that we dwell on that take us away from spending time with God. So I was just thinking about me, because sometimes the easiest way to share and have an illustration is, is to just use yourself. Now, obviously, it would be easy for me that Joshua could become my idol. <laughs> he is very noisy. And always demanding attention. And, you know, I need to look after him. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look after our children. We should. But it would be easy for him to be all-consuming. And even the time that I don't need to give to him could be focused on doing things for him. It would just be so easy. And you know what? It's hard not to do that. It is hard. He's lovely after all. For Martin and I, it could be our new house. You know, we could be there 24-7. We could easily be there this morning, cleaning the kitchen newly. Well, the walls have been plastered and it looks a bit like the floor might have been plastered as well. So, you know, we could be there doing that. And that would be taking time away when we could be with God, when we could be focusing on him. So that could easily be, you know, a DIY idol, bad news. It could be, of course, keeping your house clean, but that will never be mine. <laughs> but like, there's nothing wrong with me looking after Joshua. There's nothing wrong with me doing things at the house. There's nothing wrong if I chose to be a clean and tidy person. Um, but if that, act, that focus took me away from God, then that would be a bad thing. I said as well about character traits. So for me, those of you that know me, will know that maybe I have a little bit of an edge of being a control freak. And this was never more um, obvious to me than when I left work a year last September. At work, I knew what to do. I was basically in charge. And I made sure things got done and they got done how I wanted them to get done. Now, every day that I went to college, like from the September, after I'd finished work, I, I didn't know who I was. I was not in control at all. And it only got worse when we got married and then I was pregnant. I really was not in control. I didn't have a clue what was going on. And do you know what? Whereas all those years, maybe that's why I went, all those years, 
I needed to be giving God the reins to be in control, but I, I was holding on to them tight. You know, and even on the times when perhaps I let God in the saddle and have the reins, I'd be there like, get off. <laughs> I want to go this way. Okay, so idols aren't necessarily those things that we see. It doesn't have to be the being at work all the hours God sends. It doesn't have to be having a pristine house when you've spent no time talking to God. It can be things that are just so much more subtle. And you know what? I think they're the more dangerous things, the more subtle things. It's, it can be so hard. So when Paul's talking to the Corinthians um, about idols, you know, he, he actually he does it really cleverly. Paul was just such a clever man. Um, and he tackles it by talking to them about the Old Testament. He takes them back into the Old Testament. Don't forget the New Testament is not being written. That's what Paul's doing, writing those letters to the Corinthians. Okay. So he uses the illustration um, of the Israelites. So I'm just going to read that to you. Make sure I get the right verses, which I could easily get wrong. Okay, so it's 1 Corinthians 10. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Not a cheery thought that the Israelites did wrong and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. (coughs) So then he compares the Israelites to the Corinthians. And he explains the, the likely judgment if the Corinthians continue in their idolatrous lives. You know, as the Israelites perished, so they would perish. You know, when the Israelites took their eyes off God and grew impatient... They became disobedient and they became undisciplined. And that's what life's like if you let something get in front of God. You'll remember, I'm sure, that the Israelites, Moses had gone off up the mountain to speak to God. And what did they do? They hadn't been gone long. They'd already had the Ten Commandments. And what did they do? They make the golden calf. Not only do they make a golden calf, they then have a feast with the golden calf and dance before it idolatry they're worshipping something that's not God they're putting something that is not God before God as Paul talks of them um, to them sorry he talks about how the Israelites they came out of Egypt okay which is where they were in bondage and they crossed the Red Sea They crossed the Red Sea. That was their baptism that we've just read about. 
and they're baptized as children of God. Okay. The children of Israel also ate spiritual food. You know, we know that God provided manna and quail while they were in the desert. It was supernatural. And they ate that food. God also provided the water. He provided the spring from the rock, that's Christ, or the water from the well, which again is water from Christ. So all the time Paul's talking to them about the Israelites. And he says, even though they were baptized into God and fed by God, this is not him, this is me paraphrasing, um, they still wandered. They were without purpose. So they've taken their focus off of God and they're without purpose. And I don't just mean they were wandering around like they had the map upside down. You know, they, they didn't know where to go. Spiritually, they lost their way. And they were focusing on things that weren't God. They were focusing on idols. When they made that golden calf, it wasn't long since they'd been given the Ten Commandments. And one of them, of the Ten Commandments, is don't make an image or of, of anything on earth or in heaven, or in fact it's in heaven or on earth. So as soon as they've taken their eyes off God, these things are coming into their lives. So as Paul's talking to the Corinthians, he changed the emphasis of talking about them, the Israelites, to talking about us, as in he's talking about himself and the Corinthians. And he says, you know, that these things are written about the Israelites as a warning to us, as a warning to both himself and the Corinthians. And while the Corinthians are not under the old covenant, and by that I mean keeping Jewish law, um, they are under the new covenant, just like us. Okay, the Corinthians were baptized into Jesus Christ, and they shared the Lord's supper. They shared the bread and wine together. That was what they were told to do. And what Paul's saying to them is that even though the Corinthians were baptized and they had the Lord's Supper, that didn't protect them. It wasn't like something that protected them from getting involved in the wrong thing. And that if they continue to get involved in the wrong thing, they will be in bother. Okay. And it's the same for us. You know, we... The covenant might have changed. It's not the old covenant. It, we're still under the new covenant. But God's not changed. You know, the way he dealt with the Israelites, and sometimes you read it and you think, oh my word, this is horrible. Yeah, but the way he dealt with them, he could deal with us. Okay. And as Paul's continuing to talk to the Corinthians, he's talked about them, the Israelites. He's talked about us, as in himself and the Corinthians. Then he talks about you as in you, the individual believer. So, just to kind of highlight that, he says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. We can be overconfident, can't we? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. 
well, yeah, but you've got to be listening in the first place to know that there's a way out. So he's taken it from the Israelites to the Corinthians to the individual um, believer because the Corinthians were still trying to be involved in idolatry. We, I talked last week about how um, idolatry was commonplace in Corinth and to become like a Corinthian was not a good thing. It was a saying of the time, but it wasn't a good thing. It was a bad thing. It meant that you lived an immoral life. So he's saying that, you know, you're trying to keep a foot in both camps and you think that because you've been baptised and you take have the Lord's Supper, take communion as we would say, that that will protect you. But that's not, that's not the case. So again, how is that relevant for us today? Paul talks about in chapter 9 about the the need to be purposeful and disciplined. You know, he talks about training like an athlete as we follow Christ. So we don't just wander along. We're not like those the Israelites in the desert, the map's upside down, we've no idea which way we're facing. You know, we should be purposeful. We should be thinking about what we're doing and we should be purposefully taking the next step you know an athlete doesn't think well today i'm going to get up and i'm training for the 100 meters so i'm going to run 100 meters today they don't they don't get up and think that they have a program of things that they're going to do and i'm not saying that we should be having some kind of program and on monday you do this and on tuesday you do that it's got to be led by your conscience as you uh, are in relationship with god but what he was saying um, to the Corinthians is that, yes, they made it out of Egypt, but they didn't make it to the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb made it to the promised land. So they didn't get the rich inheritance because they weren't disciplined. I'm not meaning to tell you off this morning, so don't look so serious. So then Paul continues you know, he's talked about them, the Israelites. We're back to us, the Corinthians, you. Um, that if they try to continue with a foot in each camp and not be set apart for God, then the same could happen to them. And it can, you know, like we've said, it can be the same for us. I'm not saying that if you have these things in your life, you're not going to go to heaven. We're not talking about eternal security. People don't get twitchy, you know. But... If we don't put God first and focus on him and be disciplined about that, then then we won't get the abundant life that God's got in store for us. You know, I, I know myself, when I first became a Christian, I was on there and I was, you know, on the journey, I was in the training, but then quickly I lost my way and, and life was very messy for quite a while. I still knew God, he knew me. But I wasn't really looking at him, and things were very messy for a while. But then I realized that things were messy. God turned my head around, and I, I set myself apart again. I'd, I'd got involved in all sorts of things that were not right. And basically, I'd, God turned my head and set me going again. And praise the Lord, I've kept on that journey since. You know, It was not nice looking back. 
But when you get back in the right place and your focus is on God, you're not putting other things first, then then God can really speak to you and can really use you. And you can have that life that he's promised to us, that abundant life. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Matt mentioned about slaying giants in our life. And, you know, uh, it's about a year ago now. It's last time um, Kay and Alan were on holiday. Chris came up from Leicester and he spoke about slaying giants in our lives. And if we don't slay the giants in our life, we don't have life to the full as Christ wants us to. You know, and Alan's been teaching through 1 Samuel and he's just about getting to the point where he's going to talk about David and Goliath. You know, and I don't think that that's a coincidence that Matt spoke about it, Alan's going to preach about it, that I wrote this essay that I'm building these preaches from like a year ago and then it's all come together now. You know, God uses things at the time that he wants, doesn't he? So thinking about David and Goliath and thinking back to idolatry, don't want to get lost in the midst of it. The Israelites, when we look at the story in 1 Samuel, the idol they had there was fear. They were afraid to go out and fight Goliath. Yeah? They were afraid of him. He was their giant, and they were afraid of him. They were paralyzed from action. It stopped them serving God. And then one day, David came along. Just little David, with his sling and his stones. And it just took that one stone to fly at Goliath and take him out. And the reason that David could do that was because he was focused on God. He had faith in God that God was going to do it for him. Well, he was going to do it because God told him. And his faith allowed him then to walk in everything that he had, that God had for him. Which, if you think of the story of David, is quite a story of the things that he went on to do. So we've looked at a few different places, but I just want to bring it together. And if we think, the, like the theological principle running through um, that part of Corinthians, and also including that part of Samuel, the, thing that we can, the theological principle is the timeless bit. It's not the actual story, it's the timeless part that you can take out that is relevant to the Israelites then, to the Israelites later on, to the Corinthians, and then to us. It's the bit that we can still use. Okay? It's about our conscience. It's about our conscience being our guide. And our conscience is the way that we outwork our understanding of the gospel. Yeah? So... Paul um, speaks at the end of Corinthians, the uh, end of Corinthians 10. He says, So whether you eat or drink, remember originally we were talking about food sacrificed to idols, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offence to the Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone 
in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. That's Paul's words to the Corinthians. So you could take that back and look at the TV and say, he's not saying don't watch the telly. He's just saying don't put it first. You know, the way that we speak to people that we spoke about last week, you know, we don't want to be causing another believer to stumble. And equally, we don't want to be putting somebody who's an unbeliever off believing by the way we behave. You know, it's back to the thing where people say, oh, you did that. It's not very Christian, is it? You know, and you're like, oh, that's their understanding of what Christian should be, whether it's right or wrong, but it's probably putting them off. Yeah, so we need to be doing things for the glory of God. So by being disciplined, well, firstly, by putting God first, disciplined as we follow him, then that's, that is putting God first, isn't it? That is bringing glory to him. If we're putting him first, we're focused on him, we're disciplined in the way that we're following him. We're not putting those idols in the way, whether it's, Fear, being in control, uh, could be unforgiveness. You know, if something's dominating your thoughts, and I've been in this place myself, it, it dominated my thoughts. I, I, so I didn't have time to think about anything else. It just things can become consuming, can't they? Looking after Joshua, like I said, could be all-consuming, and then I've taken my eye off the ball, and I'm not living the life that God wants me to, or that God has for me. Yeah, so I just wanted us to think, you know, what have we got in our lives that's stopping us walking um, in the way that God wants us to, in the places that God wants us to? Um, Don't worry, we're not going to be having a board and you're going to come out and write them down. That would be most unfriendly. Um, But I want us to actually spend some time thinking about it. And also, I would like us... um, to take communion together because you know we we take communion as a act of remembrance of what jesus did for us if you didn't do that we couldn't put him first you know before we come to the table as it were we should be making sure that we've got god in the right place and it's it's not necessarily an easy thing to do so i thought for all of us, if we could maybe, uh, there's going to be a song playing, which you can sing to, or you can sit and listen, but just have that time to reflect on if there's any giants that we need to be slaying in our lives. I'm sure if God's not speaking to you already, he'll speak to you. If he doesn't, maybe you're perfect. Okay. So as we listen to this song in a sec, (laughs) um, Anne and Paul are going to bring the bread and the wine round. And what I want you to do is take it when you feel ready to take it. Okay? And that might not be while that song's playing. You might still have things that you want to sort out in your head. And you might take it in the next couple of songs. Okay, so 
no one not going to be standing here watching saying oh, you know, she hasn't taken it yet there must be a lot going on there you know it's not about anybody else this is about you and god and where you know the things that are in your life and the things that god's challenging you about because he does love to challenge us okay so if we could have the song graham and then perhaps paul and Anne, if you could distribute the bread and the wine is that okay And then...